At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to I Hate the Fins. We got a special show for you guys this week. Uh, so SB Nation has their team sites mock draft going on. And we are the show where we're going to go ahead and we're going to announce the pick that Kevin Nogle the uh, manager of the Finsider made, I think he made it last week. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't even know how far they are right now, but he made his selection. So I hit it from Zach, my co-host, Zach. Hit it from him all week. He has no idea who Kevin selected. So the reaction you hear from him is real. It's legitimate. It's raw. There's nothing um, forced about it. So before we go ahead and get to the pick that Kevin made, we'll go ahead and we'll announce the previous 12 selections. And then, Zach, just to make this even uh, more enjoyable for me, uh, you can maybe make a guess before we go ahead with this pick. All right, I'm down. Okay. I'm down with that. Just make sure you note who Kevin, or uh, make sure you note the guys who have been selected so you know who's off the board. Gotcha. All right, cool. So, like I said, it's Kevin making the Dolphins pick. All right, so uh, in order, leading up to pick number 13, the first selection is Kyler Murray. The second selection is uh, Nick Bosa. I almost called him Joey. It's the kind of week I'm having. Uh, Number three, no surprise, Josh Allen. Number four, Quinnen Williams. Quinnen Williams is off the board. Number five, this is not surprising to me because really this should happen, but it's interesting to see how it plays out. Ed Oliver is off the board. All the talk about him uh, floating around a little bit longer, uh, not the case. That is false. Uh, Number six, uh, Devin White. Kind of expected him to go where Ed Oliver did, so interesting. Uh, Number seven, Dwayne Haskins. Kind of expected that. You're not going to like this one. Uh, uh, Number eight, Brian Burns. Goodbye. So, bummer. The next selection, I believe this is number nine, uh, TJ Hawkinson. 
So uh, selection number 10, Drew Locke, he's off the board. Number 11, Devin Bush, gone. And I don't know if this is really for you or not. Selection number 12 is Montez Sweat. Hmm. All right, my my brain. I'm still clicking around trying to check everyone off, and my brain's trying to keep up with uh, what you were doing there. But I think I got everyone, so I got to make a guess here. Um, yeah. Well, look at the board, and who who would you want to take? Um, I mean, the conversation that we've had at this point is that um, I think the defensive guy, especially with the way the board is falling here. Um, the conversation we had was in our March Madness bracket. It came down to Christian Wilkins and Brian Burns. Brian Burns is gone. So if we're going defensive, I think it's Christian Wilkins. If we're going offensive, I think it's one of the tackles because pretty much all the tackles are on the board. So you take your pick at that point, whatever you guy, guy you like the best. So I would say if I had to go offensive here, I think I think it's Jonah Williams just because it feels safe. Okay. <clears throat> it is uh with that 13 selection Kevin has selected Juwan Taylor tackle okay. out of the University of Florida. So I mean I I think that's great news. I would be absolutely shocked if he made it to the 13th pick. I think quite a few things would have to go right. You saw some quarterback sl- selections in there. Most Dolphins fans will hear that and think quarterback selections like we should be making the quarterback selection. Uh, Kevin did leave one note. I forgot to mention that he made this pick as kind of a wink to maybe um, protecting Tua's blind side next year, yep. which I thought was interesting. Uh, before we get there, though, because that that's uh, that's out there for now. So you want to give your analysis, what you think, what you're getting in Juwan Taylor on the right side? Yeah, I think at the end of the day here, I think Juwan Taylor is the guy that has more flash out of those offensive tackle options. Again, like I said, I think Jonah Williams is your your safest one. I think he's just kind of good at everything. He's your uh, Cleveland Farrell there. Um, you know, I, I know move the sticks for Daniel Jeremiah. He's had uh, Andre Dillard up there all day every day um you know i have have questions with he has a lot of experience as a pass blocker but what kind of deep sets can he do um you know has he had to block for more than three step drops uh under routes stuff like that um you know we have a, a personal love for dalton reisner um but at the end of the day um i think Jawan taylor is probably the most upside guy out of them all. I think the other guys, um, I, I think the other guys as in Williams and uh, Reisner have uh, higher floors, lower ceilings. Um, I'm just in play it safe mode because you, you're trying to set up for that QB potentially in 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But Taylor's got that crazy length. His, his arms were 35 and one eighths. Um, you know, 30, yeah. 34 is kind of that standard for long arms. But I mean, if you go back and watch this tape, he's a guy that does well in both phases of the game. Um, you can kind of understand at Florida why he's their, their right tackle when there's a chance that he probably could have been their left tackle because in the run game, he gets pushed. Like he'll, he'll run dudes over if he gets the advantage on him. Um, I don't think he has the strongest punch. Um, but he's a guy that moves really well for his size. And once he gets his hands on you, he'll shade you all day long. Um, 
you know, weirdly enough, one of the best offseason uh, draft lead-up battles that we've seen was him and Dalton Reisner at the Combine doing that uh, the mirror drill. Um, mm-hmm. they, those two guys running back and forth, they're, they're both for offensive tackles. They both have really good motors. And again, I think at the end of the day, um, you know, Kevin made the note about if they bring in Tua, it's not a huge thing, but technically the right tackle kind of becomes his blind side protector. Um, so you want a guy that can pass pro really well and a guy that he can trust at the end of the day, not to just be some right tackle. So I have no problem with this pick at all. If this is what it comes down to at the end of the month. So a couple of things there that I, I agree with everything you said, he's still developing as a run blocker too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, like he hasn't even reached his ceiling, but like he is powerful in that regard. Uh, technically, um, still some things that need to be refined, but he's very good in that regard. I mean, his tape, I think you have to be a bit of a football nerd to really enjoy offensive line and tape, but his is is a treat to watch. I think Uh, you mentioned the length. He's got absolute vines for arms, uh, the punch and work on. Um, But, and this is kind of in regard to the two, thing, but also just as a standalone prospect, his feet are exceptional for a right tackle. So, I mean, if Tua does come along all of a sudden, it's like doesn't, and we've talked about this on the show before. Is he good enough to play left tackle? I mean, um, athletically, yeah, I think so. But I mean, in, in terms of where he'd be on this team playing uh, as a bookend with Laramie Tunsil, I mean, that's as good as it gets, in my opinion. So yeah, and I mean, like, I think we, we've had the conversation before about if they go to a you know right tackle becomes a blind side. I think that's a little overblown, um, just because even without a left-handed guy in the NFL at this point, you need to bookend tackles there's too many good pass rushers there's too many teams with two good pass rushers and if the dolphins are truly in foundational rebuild mode you, you can't do what you've done for the past you know seven eight years with ryan Tannehill, where you know two-fifths of the line are in good shape um so honestly if they go taylor here i would not be shocked on day two if they take another offensive lineman um because i think Chris Greer has learned from his predecessor's mistakes. Um, and so shoring up that right tackle and having your left tackle and Tunzel, you get somebody on the interior, take another guy in day three on the interior, and you're you're building for the future. Um, plus not looking ahead too, too much to next year, but next year's offensive interior class could be a really good one for free agency as well. Um, so I think locking down a solid right tackle who has really good pass pro, really good feet, moves really well, is a pretty good run blocker that can get nasty with dudes and still has room to grow there. I don't, you can't go wrong with that at the end of the day. No. And when you look at his skill set, I mean, it's, this is way early in terms of commentary, but his physical makeup, um, his physical gifts, um, he is a guy where he's built to be an elite right tackle in the NFL. I mean, that's something where you're bringing him in and you're not just looking at him and thinking like, okay, this is, this is our guy going for it. He's going to be a really good player. Maybe, you know, if we're lucky, he's a top 10. I expect this guy to be top five quick at his position. I have that much confidence in him. Uh, <clears throat> just watch him play all year. I love his game. I love, I love the way he's built. And, um, it's just a nice mix. I mean, you he definitely has road grader in his DNA. 
but he's he's light in pass protection too. That's the thing. I mean, like he moves easily. I mean, that was the thing like that, that phrase that they were trying to push there, like easy movers for a while. Do you remember that? It's so annoying. Yeah, when yeah. They were trying to do that for offensive tackles. He's an easy mover, but w- without being too much of a of a hypocrite here, Jamon Taylor is an easy mover. I mean, like he and, and one thing that I've seen some people say is they're they're worried about his weight. I'm not right now. Um, so a couple of questions here mm-hmm. that I want to put out to you. Do you consider this to be the best player available at number 13? Um, well, I mean, that's tough. Everybody's board is different. Uh, if you're going straight off my board, he's not the best player available. Um, I actually have him ranked as my third offensive tackle, technically. Um, wow. Yeah, wait, but that's, again, I, the order is uh, Reisner, Jonah Williams, Taylor, but like, they are neck to neck to neck in my big board. Um, Reisner right. has a little bit of a, an edge on them just because I think his floor is so high. Um, and Jonah Williams and Taylor, they're, they're 16, 17 on my board, and you can flip-flop them. Um, but at the end of the day, I think, like I said initially when we started talking about Taylor here, I think he probably has the most upside out of the guys. He His floor isn't bad or anything i think dillard probably has the most risky floor um but at the end of the day he's he's not the safest out of the three for me and like i said i'm in i'm in hunker down safe pick mode for the dolphins this year um but you know if if you're going bpa based on my board i have christian wilkins as six on my board um and it may not be fair because i factor in off the field kind of stuff with my board as well. Um, I'm sure teams do that to a capacity. Um, but um, I, I think Wilkins brings a lot of leadership, not saying that Taylor couldn't bring that. I don't know what his background off the field is much. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think he's again, a player that if he's the pick at 13, I will not have a problem with that whatsoever. He just looks like he has a great feel for the game. You know, some guys in yeah. there at that position, like you can tell when a guy's a natural. And like he he moves uh, like his timing everything like he he looks like he's like he gets it so I mean that's exciting stuff I mean he's seen some considerable talent playing in the SEC uh, another thing do you want me to give you a list of players that Kevin was considering yeah at that spot? I mean that'd be cool to talk about too just the other possibilities at that point um, especially from the man pulling the trigger right of course all right so you mentioned he uh, considered um, Wilkins. So mm-hmm. uh, let's see here. Rashawn Gary was a guy he thought about. Um, you mentioned. I'm happy he didn't go that route. Okay. Um, I would have needed a few drinks of me to uh, get through that one if he pick made that pick. Right. We would just do an on air thing where we just listen to you get drunk. <laughs> uh, Andre Dillard was considered too. You mentioned yeah. the fact that I mean, with Andre Dillard looked exceptional in pass protection. But the thing is, what's it going to be like when he's playing for an offense that isn't looking to get the get rid of the ball that fast all the time? Yeah, and, and I mean, I think I think he's a good enough mover too. That at the end of the day, um, I think he'll grow into it and he'll be a really good pass blocker. But I don't know if he's going to give you anything in the run game. I, I think the best you can hope for in the run game with him is that he develops into a a guy that wins with technique and a guy that wins with angles. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, right. um, he's going to be a guy where he just takes the right step in front of the defender and holds him up enough that the running back cuts right off his like 
right or left butt cheek. Like they're touching at that point. At the hip. Um, yeah, at that point, that's that's kind of what you hope for out of him. Where Taylor, I think Taylor can make moves and make things happen um, in in the run game. At the end of the day, um, I don't. I, I'd have to go back. I don't remember seeing him in space, especially on. Uh, I don't know if they pulled tackles very much at, at Florida there. Um, but that's not, something I have to go back and look at. Yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, you're so not going to really see that, but I believe his athleticism would allow for that to happen. But no, you're not going to you're not going to see that in Gainesville too often. Yeah, and, and I think again, I agree that his athleticism puts him in a place where if he's asked to do it, it won't be an issue. Um, I think at first it'll just be kind of getting down the the technique and muscle memory of doing that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, he was also considering Jonah Williams, so right yep. in line with a lot of the guys we were talking about, and um. Cleveland Farrell and it sounds like yeah. it sounds like the runner up for Kevin was Cleveland Farrell <laughs> it, it was funny that I was thinking throughout the day it was kind of coming to my mind like who, who's Kevin gonna pick who's he gonna think about and I was like you know who feels like a Kevin guy Cleveland Farrell um yeah I think Cleveland Farrell Cleveland Farrell's one of those things where I feel like if he goes at 6 16 or like 36 no matter where he goes as somebody's going to be happy, and I feel like it's one of those things where you you give it a golf clap, you apologize to your your liver for drinking, you know, uh, <laughs> two pints of beer trying to get ready for the draft. Because at the end of the day, you got a good player. He plays well in the run game. Isn't going to change lives or you know be a tackle for a loss monster at the next level. I don't think, but he knows how to get around the edge. He has power move to his games. He has counters to his games. He just does everything really well. So if he went. Farrell at that point, uh, I would have signed off on that pick too. Do you want his con- He actually left me commentary on this. I totally forgot about him <laughs> him chiming in on this. Uh, he said a couple of question marks about Farrell uh, make him about the same as Charles Harris, and the Dolphins do not need two of those. So that's uh, interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think they're different guys. I mean, if we if we could go far enough back in the the Twitter DMs at this point. Um, when Charles Harris Harris was coming out, I did not like him at all, just because I don't like ends that can't set the edge. You got to be able to set the edge just a little bit for me, and he could not do it at all. And to be fair, you've been saying that for two and a half years since before we, when during the scouting process leading up to the 2017 draft, and you said like he yeah. cannot, he doesn't set the edge. I'm not a fan. No, no, I mean like, and you know, I, I lean more towards I'll take a guy that plays end that'll set the edge consistently and give me six sacks a year over a guy that can't set the edge. And you're going to pray he's going to Alden Smith for you. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you, you need guys that you can play consistently because as much as the traits are there or, you know, they have a quick first step or whatever, like if you can't put them on the field more than, you know, 20, 30 snaps every now and then you, you don't got it for me, unfortunately, especially in the first round. So based on the board that I have, um, Jawan Taylor is the best player available at 13 because I don't think he's going to make it there. But mm-hmm. if he does, I think that's something that the Dolphins need to seriously consider. And I mean, my reasons for that, uh, in addition to what I've already said, I mean, this is kind of just summarizing everything. I expect him to play at a high level quickly. I mean, not I'm not talking week one. I mean, he's already just gangbusters, but I think that he's going to pick things up pretty fast and I expect him to look good sooner than later. So, I mean, and 
we're not really a team that needs something day one, in my opinion. I think that mm-hmm. you need to slow play a few things. But you're also adding a, a considerable building block on the right side of the offensive line right now. And, I mean, you're setting up that bookend uh, tackle situation, which, I mean, if Jawan Taylor does catch on, is formidable, in my opinion. So, and I also agree that, I mean, you're not done there with the offensive line, especially in terms of getting younger and cheaper. I always say that. And I, I know I, I sound like an absolute uh, cheapskate when I say that, but the offensive line is a place where I like to draft it. Um, I think it's gotten so pricey in, in free agency and it doesn't always work for you. And even if it does, uh, it ha- it just absolutely straps you in terms of like bringing in free agents or suppose like you have a quarterback. Suppose you have Tua and Tua is great. And ultimately, you're going to want to extend him or get him a new contract outright. And if you want to do that, you can't be paying, you can't be allocating all of your resources um, financially to the offensive line. Even though I think it's so important, I think it's great when you can draft it. And I mean, it's different. Like if you have Laramie Tunsil, I do expect, I mean, I think he's staying, but uh, and t- you, you've seen the, the Packers do it. And I, you can go ahead and hem and haw about some of the things that team has done. But ultimately, like they let Scott Wells walk a couple of years ago, and I think he was a Pro Bowl center. And people were like, "What are you doing?" And then, I mean, J.C. Treader's there um, soon after, you know. And then J.C. Treader leaves. It's just, I mean, like, when you're really good at drafting offensive linemen, you don't have to pursue it in free agency, and it just leaves your leaves money in your wallet for another day. So I love the yeah. offensive line, but I don't want to. I don't want to blow it up in free agency. Yeah, and I mean, like. A perfect example is, I mean, Juwan James is the top paid right tackle at this point, yes. which is, and it, I don't want to say it's insane. He he was a really good insane. player. He's good, um, but that is that contract is insane. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the day, like that's that's not what you want to be doing as a team bringing in those kind of guys. I mean, look at Oakland. Oakland did that. Look at their line now. You know they can't afford it. They're they're bailing out because they don't got enough money. And those guys, you know, while they were there, yeah, they were great. But at the end of the day, they don't, they didn't have anything else. And at the end of the day, if you're going to allocate that kind of money, it goes quarterback first, it goes pass rusher next, it goes corner after that, mm-hmm. and then the spots from there get debatable. But I think those are your top three, ninety nine percent of the time. Um, but if you got it all tied up in, you know, four and a half linemen, then you're getting beat at the three most important spots. There's no, there's no denying that when they had like uh, Coletio Semele in there, Rodney Hudson, I think is the center. Uh, when they were in there, I mean, they definitely enabled uh, Derek Carr to do some impressive things. You know, before before he suffered that that break and was unable to lead him into the the playoffs for that game. Uh, I mean, that was that's a strong offensive line, but they also absolutely sold the farm for those guys, especially Osemele. So, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that all that's to say, I think this would be a tremendous opportunity in terms of what they're trying to build on offense. They are essentially are starting over um, outside of a couple of positions. So I think that this is, a, this is an outrageously good building block and a fantastic opportunity if the Dolphins are indeed presented with it later this month. I agree. I agree very much. All right. So for those of you listening, thanks for tuning in. We are the hosts of I Hate the Fins. My name is Keith. 
uh, my co-host Zach. You can catch us pretty much every week. Uh, we try to get our shows out on Thursday. Uh, we're on the Finsider Radio Podcast Network, I believe is what that thing is called. Uh, plenty of other programs on there. You can check all of us out. We were happy to make this pick on behalf of site manager Kevin Nogle. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter. If you can, I think he's just the Finsider on Twitter. You can also, let's throw our names out there too. Let's just go ahead and really go for it here. So I'm Keith Dolphin, K-E-E-F-D-O-L-F-A-N. Zach, do you want to give him your handle too? And I'm just Cintron Z, C-I-N-T-R-O-N-Z. Simple is often best. So you can go ahead, you can follow us, you can troll us. Uh, probably most important, message us or tweet us. <laughs> message us. We're not talking about Facebook here. Go ahead and tweet at us. Um, if you like our, if you like the pick that Kevin made, if you like the analysis, if you disagree, what you would have done at that spot given the players we suggested. Maybe we overlooked a guy you think could go there. Whatever, all of it's fair game. Get at us. We'll uh, we'll be happy to engage you. In the meantime, uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, catch you later.